You're dialed in to the Turn In Two podcast with your hosts, Matt Mills and Tito. Welcome back, Cardinal fans, to another episode of the Turn In Two podcast, season three, episode seven. It is Monday night, June 20th. Um, Close one uh, against the Brewers tonight. Tito's back with me. Not so long of a, a time frame as last time, but uh, we're back. Uh, Tito, how'd you feel after tonight's game? I mean, what can you say? It's Corbin Burns. You you've got it. You you know you know what you're going to get out of him. Um, and then you get Devin Williams and and Josh Hader. Um, that's a that's a tough. That's a tough trio to beat um, any day of the week. And, you know, in order to, to beat them, you've got to get on Corbin Burns early. They weren't able to do that. Um, and that's just how it goes. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of the problem is the stuff like that is you just can't um, – you can't – you got to get up, get on them early or you're, you're kind of toast with it. And I don't think, obviously, the Cardinals did that tonight. And then they got the uh, – the monster on the back end of that bullpen. Yeah. I mean, it's look, I, I think every Cardinal fan knows going into these series, if you can avoid Devin Williams and Josh Hader as much as you can, uh, generally you're winning a lot of ball games, but th- these two teams have been evenly matched over the year so far. Um, you know, the Cardinals have won a few more games over the last two to three years against the Brewers, but it's not, it's not by much. Um, so these two teams are pretty evenly matched. And, and the fact of the matter is, is look, um, the Cardinals, there was one pitch in the game that got away from Miles Michaelis. Um, and that's the, that's the uh, difference in the ball game. Because to be honest, the Brewers didn't really impress me hitting anyway. Sure, they had a couple of leadoff doubles, uh, but they couldn't score them, uh, all in part thanks to the Cardinals' defense, which continues to be elite, and we'll, I want to talk about that a little bit more later. Um, but they don't impress me on offense at all. Um, and so all they have really after that is just pitching, and, and they do it well. Um, again, when you, when you have Corbin Burns going seven innings, one hit ball, ten strikeouts, um, he shouldn't lose that game. Um, and credit to Miles Michaelis for keeping it as close as he did um, through six and a third innings after, you know, going for a no hitter in his last start over 130 something pitches. Um, he looked really, really good today. Um, but Corbin Burns was just a teeny, teeny tiny bit better. Um, and the Cardinals bats have to have to be able to adjust to, to a better pitcher because they, they did it against Max Scherzer. Um, they couldn't hit him. Um, Burns has, has carved him up before this year. And I think he had 11 K's. I think Katie Wu said he went seven innings, had 11 K's, one walk and one hit. So it was very reminiscent of that start. And, you know, again, as you said it, you've got to get to this guy early. Um, and, and I thought there were a couple of bats early on, uh, especially Nolan Gorman taking a, a cutter on the outside part of the plate. Um, that really stunk because, um, it's just a really, really difficult pitch to hit. So I can't really blame Nolan for it, but you got to be ready to hit. And I, I just don't think we were today. Yeah, no, his sink or sorry, his cutter has it's has nasty. A good, good movement to it. It's, um, it's, and it's stupid, it's, nasty. And it's 
high velocity and it's got some movement to it. And like, you know, some of those pitches Michaelis was throwing on the outside half that weren't getting called on the offhand, you know, Burns as we're coming back in. I'm like, man, you know, it's a filthy pitch, but it really yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is at this point I mean, in time. That, this is ba- that's baseball, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, here, here's the beauty of it, right? The Cardinals have the opportunity over the next three games to win this series, at least win tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Right? If you can win tomorrow, you've got yourself in a pretty good shape to at least take two of the next. Uh, at least take one more of the of the following two remaining. So I, I don't think that this loss really carries too much weight. Like, sure, you're now down a game instead of being up a game. But again, it's Corbin Burns. What do you What are you supposed to do? You can only mm-hmm. hope that you hit him. And in the event that you don't, tip your cap and move on. Turn the page. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I guess we'll find out if they do that tomorrow. But yeah, I mean, a frustrating night all around. Um, yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, there's. Uh, what were you most frustrated about? Uh, the, the fans on Twitter, to be honest with you. I mean, <laughs> that uh, honest to God, I mean, like what I was scrolling at one point in time and I saw somebody say, you know, this team is feast or famine. I'm thinking to myself, feast or famine, we're, we're facing Corbin Burns. Are you kidding me right now? Like, just because the team is good offensively doesn't mean that they're going to step it up against every pitcher that is being thrown at them. I, I mean, mean, this is the reigning Cy Young award winner we're talking about, right? That same corner emerges. Yeah. But you know, it, everything's on the surface for Cardinals fans. Let's be real. Everything is on the surface for them. It's what's, what's in front of their faces, not, you know, what, what's behind and what's that actually that person. And, um, you know, you it's just mean, like, do you mean like when people are always chanting for Andrew Kisner and oh, look, I mean, this no disrespect to Andrew Kisner at all, but do you mean when Andrew Kisner fans are all chirping for him, but yet he continues to do nothing as if he was the second coming of Yadier Molina? Well, it could be, but oh, that's weird. I, I just don't know. I just, I mean, that whole situation, I don't, I don't know. Uh, we don't have to get into it. I'm nah, good. We won't get into it. Cause it's just, I, I think they do need to get, Herrera a couple more starts here and there and he probably will over the series but you know it's it's you know if one bat's not clicking let's let's try the new kid and just give it a shot see what happens but no I I mean that that's the only frustrating thing for me I mean yeah you can say that Donovan got a little too jumpy at the end there um but um I mean that's a look I'm not even going to take that away from Donovan. Could he have stayed at first base? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, know the situation. I understand that. That took a, a perfect throw and an even more perfect tag to get him out. Yeah. Like if it was, if, if there was anything more off about that, he would have been safe. Exactly. So, so am I sitting here thinking, Oh, this is the end of the world. No, it's not. I mean, again, he took a chance and, you know, by the naked eye, obviously the umpire said, thought the same thing. He, you know, yeah. he looked safe. Yeah. And I yeah. thought to myself, man, there's no way he's out. But yeah. now I'm sitting here, I'm actually looking at the gift that cards gift posted and you can clearly see uh, Urias tag his, his cleat before he touches the bag. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, you can't, I mean, that's inches, mm-hmm. inches. Yeah. And like I said, that it takes a better, tag than the throw to make that happen and you know credit to Urias I mean he made the tag 
Um, but again, I, am I sitting here thinking that's Donovan's fault? No, he nah. took his chance, and you well, know what? He was well, out, and that's all you can say. Yeah, I mean, if 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 it wasn't reviewed, and you know, I mean, you know, you're the second coming of Jesus. If he's if he's safe, and if he's out, you're the you're the first person they got their pitchforks out. Yeah, for. The pitchforks for yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, look, I, I think here here's my most frustrating part of, of tonight's game. Um, nothing. I'm not frustrated. I'm I'm really not. I mean, look, you can't you can't do a lot a lot when Corbin Burns is on. If he's got his pitches working and he's carving you up, <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Again, he's the reigning Cy Young uh, NL Cy, Cy Young Award winner. What do you want? What what else do you want? The Cardinals, yes, they have to find a way if they're gonna take this division they're going to have to find a way to beat him and you know who knows they find each other in the playoffs they're going to have to find a way to beat him if they want to move on and advance but the fact of the matter is this there's there's three more games going on after tonight and i still like the cardinals in every single one of those games moving forward every single one of them i know that the brewers can pitch but they threw their best bullets tonight and if it wasn't for one home run from Tyrone Taylor, who hits the Cardinals for whatever reason well, um, if it wasn't for that, this game is still going on. <laughs> and, you know, you, you never know what could happen in extra innings. So, look, Miles Michaelis did his job. Uh, I'm going to give a huge cap tip to Johanna Oviedo, who came in and, and threw BBs out there. He looked good. Yeah. Um, and held this game to where it was. And that's all you can say. I mean, what else? Do you, I, I, that's what I'm just, I'm not frustrated. I'm just saying it's let's, let's turn the page here. Let's say, yes, we got beat by a better pitcher today. That does not mean we can't come out there and win the next three, or at least two of these three. Yeah, fair enough. Um, let's jump back to the previous series with the Sox. What, yeah. uh, what were your takeaways from that? I said, you know, a couple days before, at least a day before the series, that these next seven games were very important for the Cardinals because it's better competition. Um, they're, they're taking a step back from the division to face the Boston Red Sox for three right before they go into a, a four-game series with Milwaukee. Um, <laughs> you know what? Boston just has our number. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. They just do. They, we cannot go in there. We can't beat them. Um, yes, we beat them 11 to 2 and, and put a big shellacking on them, but we still lost the series. I don't even remember the last time the Cardinals even won a series against the Boston Red Sox. It's probably before my time, um, before I can even remember baseball, truly. Um, but at the same time, I mean, look, it's not like that's a bad team over there. They, they don't have as great a pitching as, as you would think, but they have a really good offense. Yeah, um, yeah. Duran is fast. I mean, he was really fast. Uh, Rafael Devers is an MVP contender. Um, he would be an MVP contender in the NL easily. Uh, J.D. Martinez, I mean, his stroke is just so sweet. I mean, he could hit anything. Um, and they've got some really solid ball players behind those, those three guys. Um, so this is not some kind of, uh, pencil pushing team, right? You're not just going to go in there and bully the Boston Red Sox, especially away. Um, 
So, you know, my biggest takeaway was this. Um, Tyler O'Neill looked good until he got hurt. Nolan Arenado looked good. Um, and, you know, I, I was very impressed with, with Nolan Gorman's home run to center field. Mm-hmm. I was telling my dad, I mean, you've got to hit it hard to get it out to center field in Fenway. I mean, that wall is tall um, and, and you've got to hit it with some authority out there. So I, I think my biggest takeaway was um, Tyler O'Neill looks really good coming, you know, as he's come off of IL, but it stinks to see him go on the IL again, uh, hopefully for just a short period of time. Yeah. What I took out of it was it seems like this team doesn't quit. Um, after game one, you know, almost coming back down, what was it, five runs in game one, six to one, entering the ninth, scored, you know, what was it, four runs with two outs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, damn near the same thing in game three. You know, it just seems like <clears throat> they're 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 really starting to click. Now, yeah, those games didn't end in, in wins, but – you know, them putting out a fight like that. I don't know if something is molding itself together, but it seems like it's been there since they've started calling up the younger guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I find it, I find it um, somewhat comforting in knowing that these the the team continues to fight till the very end um i guess you couldn't say that about tonight but you know if donovan steals that bag off of narvaez uh that's a different story we're talking about and who knows what would have happened if he does steal that bag but the fact of the matter is is that they're still taking good at bats towards the very end um you know, you would have liked to see Goldschmidt look a little bit better tonight, but even in that in in the series against the the Pirates, right? You saw the Cardinals come back and win a game. Um, and, you know, I think we were we talked about it as one where they were down five plus runs and they end up winning that game. And then with Boston, I mean, you fall just short. Uh, what was it, two times? Um, and, you know, if it wasn't for a three-run home run by, you know, Yepes on uh, the day before today, yesterday, I guess I should say. Um, the day before today. Yeah. Yeah, do you know, that was <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, English is hard. Um, but, you know, if he, you know, he doesn't hit that home run yesterday, I mean, you're talking about a multiple-run loss. Instead, it was just a, you know, just, was it 6-5 again or 6-4? Six, 6-4 four? Six, four yesterday. So, so, you know, that's just still pretty close, but – they're getting good at bats. And, and to your, to your point, you know, the young guys continue to show um, that they're maturing throughout this process. And I mean, look, here, here's the thing about baseball repetition is going to create better competition mm-hmm. and repetition creates more competitive at bats. And as these young guys, because that's what they are, these guys are young. I mean, we're talking 24, 25, what Nolan's what 22. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys are extremely young to be taking really important at bats um, uh, in this season. I mean, uh, Brendan Donovan, I mean, yes, he got, he got some help uh, from the review today, but to get on base uh, off of Josh Hader as a lefty, that's, that's just extremely hard. Yeah. Um, so, so these at bats that they're taking are only going to 
help them later on down the road and give them the confidence and say, hey, look, I've had success before. I know what it looks like. I know what it feels like. I just need to go out and do it again. Now, granted, is everything going to be perfect? No, of course not. That's just how baseball is. However, if you have done it before, there's no reason why you can't tell yourself you can do it again. Yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, let's just, uh, Brendan Donovan to me is just like a spark plug, you know? And, yeah. and, and another thing that I saw in tonight's game, Tommy Edmond just keep impresses impressing me day by day. I mean, he's just... He's he's so talented, and um, uh, he's just not getting enough credit yet. But I'm but I'm hoping if if he gets an All Star game start snub, I'm going to be disappointed. He's going to, you know, it is. It's a popularity contest. Trey Turner's probably going to get the starting uh, shortstop in the All Star game. Look, and and to be fair, Trey Turner is an excellent player. I mean, we know that for a fact. He is an excellent player. However. Tommy Edmond has been just as good. And I think, you know, a lot of people have been posting the, the, uh, um, the war for Tommy Edmond and him leading the major leagues in, in war. And it's, it's, it's quite interesting because you think of a, a, a player like Tommy leading the league in that. And that's not the first player that would ever come to mind for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that just shows you how valuable he's been to this baseball team. Yeah. I mean, and look, I said this on, on September 18th of 2021, Tommy Edmond is as advertised and maybe better than any of us thought. And I, and that holds so much weight for me right now, because last year, everybody was blasting Tommy Edmond, blasting him. They weren't happy with him. They didn't think he was that good. He wasn't hitting where they thought he should be hitting. He wasn't, he wasn't much of a thought for a lot of Cardinal fans last year. And I don't know why. I personally thought he had a good season. We talked about it in length uh, at the end of the season, that he was a great player, that the Cardinals had something very special with Tommy Edmond, but people were failing to see it, but not us. No, sir. Not us. I, I, I'm telling you, I will go down to my grave and say this. And I said it the other day. He is the best middle infielder the Cardinals have brought up in their system in a long time. Don't give me Colton Wong. Don't give me Matt Carpenter. They are great players. And Colton Wong was a, is a good Cardinal. But Tommy Edmond is a better player than Colton Wong is and was. Don't give me anything else. I, I can't even tell you the last middle infielder I think is better than Colton Wall. I really can't. I'm sorry, Tommy Edmond. I, I really can't. I really can't. I'm trying to think of anybody else that they um and, and like some like it's it's just it 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 blows my mind at how good defensively he is, but I'm not surprised. Look, this whole thing of uh, of Tom Yenman being a shortstop or second baseman. Remember what the organization was telling us at the very beginning of this year. We don't want to move Tommy Edmond to shortstop. Yes, you can tell me, oh, well, that comment was about second base. But you and I, last podcast, I asked you, have has any of our second basemen not named Tommy Edmond made an egregious error at second base? No. 
Therefore, that argument is completely invalid. And you want to know what, what else? Uh, when you have um, Jose Okendo at the beginning of the year in, in spring training telling reporters that Nolan Gorman can be a plus defender at second base, mm-hmm. the same Jose Okendo that trained literally everybody on the Cardinals team that everybody holds in high regard when he's telling you, the reporter, and everybody else that Nolan Gorman is a plus defender at second base, the I'm going to call a big old bullshit on the organization telling me that Tommy couldn't play shortstop. I'm oh. calling it for what it is, and that's okay. I mean, they, they, they do what they had to do. I mean, if they want to get more service time out of Nolan Gorman and they don't want to admit it that way, fine, whatever, but it's bullshit. Yeah, no, I mean, Gorman is going to have, you know, he's going to have some hitches in the road. Of course but he is. He's, he's not a trained second baseman. Well, not only that, but he's a kid. He's still yeah, a kid. And, and that's the thing. There's a difference between going from third base to second base and second base to shortstop. Absolutely. Okay? I mean, we all know that. It's very apparent. And Nolan Gorman is a bigger body frame than Tommy Edmond. So the range, the athleticism is not always going to be there. However, however, that does not mean he cannot play second base. That does not mean that. You know who Tommy Edmond reminds me of? David Eckstein. A Fernando Vina and David Eckstein child. <laughs> like if they made love, if they made love, that, that Tommy Edmund would, Yeah, Tommy Edmund would come out. I mean, I, I get it. I mean, look, the, the hustle and the athleticism uh-huh. uh, of uh, David Eckstein and uh-huh. the ability to get on base and, and hit of Fernando Vina. I, I, well, he was a good second baseman. Yeah. Well, Fernando Vina, they both were good middle infielders. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. David Eckstein just like on the field was so small. And I guess that's what Tommy Evan reminds me of. Sometimes. Yeah, no, you're right. He just looks so small that with a, it, it with almost a, feels the same way. Yeah. With a little bit better of an arm. Yeah. And, and look, I, I probably would say better range too. I think Tommy Edmonds just that much quicker. I, I And look, Nobody should be surprised. I've been saying it for a long, long time, and I know others have too. The transition between second base and shortstop is not as difficult as people make it to be. Again, the arm strength, yes, it's going to come over time. But I'm telling you, if this is how it's going to be, if Tommy Edmond is the shortstop long-term for the Cardinals, that means in the offseason, that is strictly all he's going to do is work on that arm strength. That's all he's going to do. And that's all he needs to do because he has everything else plus everything plus speed plus glove. And he just needs to work on that arm strength. But again, he's not, he hasn't been able to make a throw uh, that I don't think a regular short, shortstop can make. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not really disappointed. I mean, tonight's defense was very, very good. I mean, Arnado is what he is. He's a vacuum over there. If you hit it over there, um, it's more than likely going to be caught. I mean, there those two plays he made at second towards the end of the game. I mean, sometimes you can't teach defense. It just, well, it's just magic. One of the things is, is you look at you look at Tommy Edmond, and for one, you're replacing a guy who was Colton Wong, mm-hmm. and you didn't me at least me didn't think anybody could play defense like that. Nobody nobody on this planet can play defense like Colton Wong. But now once you see that somebody has and somebody, you know, can do it in two positions, 
It's kind of wild. Yeah, but here's the thing: he can do it. At, he can do it at five. <laughs> he can play left. He can play right. He can play short, second. He can play third base. Yeah. I mean, he can do it anywhere on the field, really, except for probably first base, obviously. Um, I mean, and that's what makes Brendan Donovan such an intriguing case here, too, because he does essentially the same thing Tommy Edmond did when Tommy Edmond came up mm-hmm. for the team in 2019. Because Tommy Edmond was playing all over the place. He was playing uh, third, second, right. And Donovan's essentially uh, a Jose Okendo without being the catcher. So, Man, you're going to – that that whole Brendan Donovan case is going to be tricky. Whenever, you know, I mean, if you're if you're latching on to Gorman, if you're latching yeah. on to Tommy Edmond, you know, but you got the spark plug and Brendan Donovan, it makes you wonder, right? Man. It makes you wonder. It I stresses mean, me out. But that's a good problem to have. It really is. I mean, look. You give opportunities to, to Brendan Donovan, these young guys, and Ali. I'm going to give Ali credit here uh, because I think, you know, he's followed through on, on his words. And, and he basically said, look, if you're good and you're playing right, you're going to play. And mm-hmm. to, to his credit, he's kept Brendan Donovan in the lineup and he's because he's been playing very well. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Tommy Edmond. Um, and, and to his credit, he's taken Nolan Gorman out when he wasn't playing well. He did it with Juan Yepes. Uh, much to the chagrin of, of some people out there, but he did it, but he, he took Juan Yepes out because his bat went cold. So he gives him a couple of days off. And then what does he do in Boston? Cranks one out. I mean, and he cranked it out. It wasn't a little soft home run. He, he turned on a pitch and said, bye-bye. See ya. Um, and then he gets the, the one lone hit off of Corbin Burns today on a pretty, I mean, it was a tight curveball, but he, he got, he he got two it. hits off of Burns tonight. Oh, uh, did he? Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, look, and, and sometimes that's what happens. Um, you get a couple of days off and, and you, you, you're able to turn it around and make a little bit better uh, adjustment, but that's a good problem for the Cardinals to have. It's not a bad thing. Now the question becomes, what are you going to do as a team? if you're going to potentially move pieces for a starter, a starting pitcher or for back-end bullpen help, um, because it's very clear that there are four, possibly three to four pitchers on the Cardinals bullpen right now that just are not cutting it. Yeah. 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 I don't want to go. I don't want to go down the route of trading Brandon or Nolan Gorman. But you have to take some serious consideration on what your stock is and what you can do with your lineup. I mean, Newt Bar, I thought Newt Bar had plenty of trade value after last season. Right now, it's about as low as it has been in a really long time. He's not he's not getting playing time. What are you going to do there? But uh, I think Paul DeYoung doesn't have any trade value either. Yeah, I mean, you're just – they're almost going to have to package it up in a deal, but at the same time, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to get a starter with those guys. But let well, me ask you this. Yeah, go ahead. This is going to put, put you on the spot real quick. Oh. That's that's the point of this podcast, the Turn Into On The Spot podcast. <laughs> you, It's deadline day. You are approached with a pitcher. Uh, we'll go. We'll go. Um, a decent. A decent. Oh, shit. 
We'll go a decent arm. I don't give a shit if it's a starting rotation or the bullpen. But you got a decent pitcher. They got a couple years left. The other GM, any of the other 29 clubs, I don't give two shits, says, all right, Tito, GM Tito, to finish off this trade, I need Gorman or I need Brendan Donovan. Am I hitting the yes button? And who is it? I'm needing you to tell you. I I need you to tell us, the listeners, who you are sending over in the trade for a pitcher. And I'm hoping that it's a starting pitcher because it seems like a lot of value to go over for a relief pitcher. Right, unless it was a Josh Hader who signed to a, a multi-year yeah. extension. Yeah, yeah, lights yeah. out, lights yeah. out pitcher. Yeah, no, I yeah. get that. Um. And this is just today. You can go off the yeah. – I mean, think about today's – I mean, think about today, what's happening right now. Think about maybe projections, somewhat maybe. I mean – I think you have to ask yourself this. Um, <laughs> you have to ask yourself this. Can you live without Nolan Gorman? I think that's where you have to start. Um, can you live without him? Um, he's not hitting for high average. We know he's not going to, he's going to give you a lot of power. Um, so that creates runs obviously. Um, but can you live without him? I think the answer for the Cardinals as they're currently constructed is yes. I think you can. Um, can you live without Brendan Donovan? I think currently constructed, you can live without him. So at the end of the day, it's who of the two is going to provide you the most value? Who is more valuable to the team that you're trading with? Mm-hmm. Is it a Brendan Donovan super utility guy? Or is it a 22-year-old Nolan Gorman uh, that could potentially mash 30 home runs in a DH role um, left-handed? And to be very to be very frank, I think you get more out of Nolan Gorman than you do Brendan Donovan. So if I'm in a position where I'm going to be able to trade for a pitcher that has some years of control but is lights out, is a bona fide 1A, 1B, I am okay with trading Nolan Gorman. And I don't think you should be upset about that. Um, Here's the thing. We've said it on this podcast before. Prospects are what they are. They are prospects. We don't know the long-term future. Nobody ever knows that unless you have a guy like Mike Trout, who you know is going to be really good, or frankly, Albert Pujols. When they knew they had something in Albert Pujols, they had him up and they didn't look back. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now, Nolan Gorman is giving you glimpses of what he can be. Brendan Donovan has been more consistent, though. If Nolan Gorman was hitting at the clip that Brendan Donovan was hitting at or is at right now, I would then flip those two. I would say trade Brendan Donovan. Um, But I think you get more value out of Nolan Gorman because of the power. Um, But that that would that should come at a high cost for the other team in, in getting a starting pitcher that you know is going to take the ball and get you a win. Um, And I'm talking like a Chris Carpenter dog pitcher where you know 
that if you hand him the ball, you have a really good chance to win. Yeah. I mean, I, you know what's funny about it, though, is, I mean, a year ago, would we be saying, yeah, let's trade Nolan Gorman over a Brendan Donovan type? Probably not. No, probably not. Um, like, because it's for me, like, you know, both of them were in Springfield last year. Um, Brennan Donovan just came up to double A about roughly this time last year. What amazes me with him is how quickly he jumped. Um, because obviously, you know, you have the hype over Gorman, and um, you know, I watched him Herrera, um, Palante last year, you know, and then Donovan comes in, and um, you know, he just from this point to this point, you know, he's already in the big leagues. Um, so it's just kind of wild to see. And I mean, if, you know, people don't want to trade prospects and I get that, but at the same time, I mean, I think it's awesome to have good hitters that are mm-hmm. so versatile. And um, what I get out of watching Brendan Donovan play baseball is that, this is a consistent thing. Like, you know, he, he may go on a slump for a little bit, but he just has so much heart and so much gut that um, it's just, man, I don't. It's contagious. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, he, the thing is, is if, 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 I, I would be willing to bet that the Cardinals would probably be a little bit below 500 ball if it wasn't, I shouldn't say 500 ball, just a little bit lower than where they are in the win totals um, without him. Because I think he just provides so much consistency and versatility uh, throughout the team. Because look, I mean, there was a time where um, either Nolan Arnato or Goldschmidt weren't even on the same infield. Because one was DHing over the other, but that was because the team had so much versatility throughout the lineup and their bench that they could afford to give those guys days off. And that's in part due to Brendan Donovan and Juan Yepes being able to man different positions. That's what this team is about right now. Versatility, matchup. I mean, look, that, and that's just the fact, uh, fact of the matter, right? It's like today. If, if Albert Pujols would have been in the lineup against Corbin Burns, I would have been like, okay, something's not right today. But because they have good versatility throughout the lineup, they're able to give, you know, give those at-bats to those young guys and trust those young guys to, to do some damage. I mean, look, that ball that got by Brendan Donovan, I think, uh, on that dive attempt, it, I'm pretty sure it nicked off his glove. It did, yeah. And he was not that far off. So if he makes that play, we're talking about, uh, you know, a, a hell of a catch and what a one run game uh, or not, I'm sorry, not a one run game, but you know, it, it was just one of those moments where you're like, wow. I mean, I can't believe he almost caught that. He's not a trained outfielder. I mean, he shouldn't be making those kinds of plays. So there, there's a lot to like about Brendan Donovan's game. And I think Cardinal fans are catching on and, and, and that's a good thing. I mean, it's a good problem to have if you're the Cardinals. I mean, we thought I thought of that whenever Tyler O'Neill was coming back. I'm thinking to myself, well, holy cow, who are they going to send down? And it's obviously, a problem. it's a problem whenever and Lars, you start juggling. And Lars Newbar goes down, right? Yeah. But he only has so many options left. He's running out of time, too. So <laughs> the Cardinals have a lot of different choices to make. And uh, 
it, it's going to rear its head here sooner or later, and, and we'll see what the Cardinals do. Yeah, with I mean, and not only that, Alec Burleson is he's he's right he's there on the heels. Too. I don't re- I can't believe how how like jacked he looks. I mean, he looks he, big. He's stout. Like he's he's like, and it's wild because like you would think looking at him that he plays the outfield, mm-hmm. um, but he's it's kind of wild. But yeah, I mean, he's right on the heels. Looks like a Hunter Renfro almost. He's just so big out you there. You know what? While while we're on Hunter Renfro. Well, that's the thing is is Burleson's like short. He's not very tall. Yeah. He's kind of like a skinny rowdy Telez. I don't know if you can even picture a skinny rowdy Telez. I, I can't because rowdy <laughs> Telez is cute. <laughs> so, you know what I was looking at tonight and I don't know if it'll show on his player photo, but and it probably doesn't. It probably just him in a helmet, but Hunter Renfro looks like an adult version of Jed Jerko. You could look it up. I don't know. No, I need to now. It's now you got. It, it may not look like that in his player photo, but they did a close up on him um, in the uh, in the broadcast tonight, and I was like, "God damn, he looks like Jed Jerko," and he may not with just a hat on, but I was like, "Dang, looks like Jed." Let's see. Kind of. I mean, oh, if it doesn't, you don't have to say it does. I mean, yeah. I, th- I think you might need some glasses. I don't know. Some glasses? I do. Yeah, just I don't. Oh, see I have them. contacts already. Well, they're not very good. Then. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't no. see it. I don't see it. To be okay, honest. that's fine. That's fine. You don't have to see anything. Maybe you need the glasses. Do you ever think I about have that? Glasses. You don't wear them every day, do you? Yes, I do. Oh, maybe your script needs changed. No, I have very good eyesight. Anywho, I was. Uh, I actually watched the Brewers broadcast tonight, and kind I was looks like Alex Bregman. Uh, maybe, maybe Jed and Alex's son, Hunter <laughs> Renfro. This is the this is a episode or season three, episode seven, the love child episode, yeah. where we turn every player into somebody's love children. Yeah, brought to you by Trojan. Huh. Oh, sorry. Never mind. Uh, no, something that would mean that Trojan failed a lot. Anywho, I don't know what the hell we're doing. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, but let's, uh, so anyhow, yeah. I was, uh, listening to the Brewers broadcast tonight, and they were discussing that the Brewers were don't quote the the numbers, but they were twenty three and twenty eight versus every other team, and thirteen and two against the Reds and Pirates. And that is very true. That does not bode well for them. That's what I keep saying. Is like you're not going to play just the Reds and the Pirates, and they were they went on and they were discussing how you know next year how it's going to be different because they play every team and whatnot. Um, it won't be 19 games against each team within your division, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, I, t- I mean, if they've already played what's my mouth that's 15, I guess, against mm-hmm. the the Pirates and Reds, they've only got you know 15 more against them. So they're just going to go sub 500 to the rest of the way and then add another 15 wins or so on there. Here's the thing. Uh, I I saw that earlier today. And my first thought was, boy, that sounds exactly like the Cardinals because the Cardinals are 12 and 12 and four against the same three teams and 500 baseball against everybody else. Um, But here's, here's my thing. 
I, I said it a, a couple weeks ago, I probably quote tweeted it today, but against the Brewers, the Cardinals match up very, very well. I think over the last two, three years, they're like 15 and 11, um, including the four game sweep in Milwaukee last year. They know how to beat that team. I'm not concerned about what the Brewers and Cardinals do because at the end of the day, they're probably going to play 500 baseball and that's okay. I mean, it's played out that way so far this year. I do expect the Cardinals to win at least two of these games, probably these middle two, and then uh, lose that last one, much like they did earlier this year when they had four games in Milwaukee. And, and here's the thing. That's okay. 500 baseball against them is okay. As long as you take care of your business against everybody else, which for the most part, the Cardinals have done. If you're the Brewers, that's not so much the case. I mean, look, they went through an eight game slide versus some really, really weak teams. I mean, we're talking the Marlins, the Nationals. Um, they, they were going through, they were going through it real, really quick. And don't forget, the the other the other player uh, other teams in the division they play them hard, they don't you know don't let the thirteen and two record fool you, um, but you know the Cubs play the Milwaukee Brewers extremely difficult. I mean there there's always runs in that game, so if you're a betting person, always take the over on the Cubs uh, Brewers games unless Corbin Burns is pitching, but you have to go out there and take care of teams that you know you should beat. Like this last weekend, this, you know, against the Pirates and the Reds, should the Cardinals have gone out there and won all, you know, what was it, seven games that they had at home? Eh, you can make an argument for it. But they still won. They had a pretty successful homestand, five, five and two. They still did their business. They got it done. But that's what you have to do to, to win these games, to win this division. You have to beat weaker opponents. And then you have to turn it on its head and look at the rest of the schedule and look at who you're playing. I mean, right now the Cardinals are going through probably the difficult, most difficult part of their latter half of this year, of this year. And once they get through this month, it's going to open up for them and they're really going to have to start piling wins on. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, Hopefully that uh, will be with some additions to the team. And yeah, I mean, of course. Let me. I'm going to look up this the schedule for the Cardinals this week. I mean, you've got the these next four against or the next three against the Brewers, obviously. Then you welcome the Cubs to town for the first time this year, which I will be at the Sunday game. Uh, so that'll be pretty fun. Then you've got three against. So you got the Cubs for four, which you know you should take at least three of those four. The Marlins come to town after that at home. So that's should be at least two wins there. So that's five of, of seven. Then when July hits, you've got the Phillies, Braves, Phillies, Dodgers. That's a lot of hard games right there, right off the bat in July. So once they turn that corner on the latter half of the season, it's really going to start to open up and they've got to come out ready to play. I mean, there, there is no denying that. Yeah, yeah. And, no, look, no. And, and here's the thing: you cannot you cannot rely on a 17 game win streak to to make it happen for you. It's not going to work like that. Not this year. Not this year. 
August, like the, I'm looking at the August schedule. The hardest team they're going to face is the Yankees. You've got three against the Brewers, but everybody else, I think you can win those series. At this rate, the Yankees might have their division. Clinched up in August. (laughs) I know. I mean, in September, listen to these first few games. September, you've got Cubs, Nationals, Pirates. Then you've got two against the Brewers. Then you've got the Reds, the Padres, the Dodgers, the Brewers, the Pirates, and the Pirates are the last six games of the year. So, look, there's plenty of opportunity for the Cardinals to take advantage of their schedule. They have to do it. Would you like them to go out there and beat the Brewers a couple of these times? Of course. Tomorrow is a new day. Uh, but you've got to get it done. I mean, that that's, that is that is baseball. You've got to win your games. You've got to put yourself in the best position to win. Who knows what the team looks like come, you know, August 1st. Uh, but you've got to be ready. Yep. I'm with you. <clears throat> So you're going to the game Sunday? Yes. Yeah, we cel- we're celebrating Leo's birthday on on Saturday, and then the family is all the family is going to the game on Sunday. Afternoon game? Yes, one fifteen. So it's going to be hot. Oh man, I can't sunscreen, folks. It's going to be a hot one. Yeah, I got to look at the weather because I'm pretty sure Saturday is like hundred degrees. Tomorrow is supposed to be hundred out here, so it's, it's looking pretty swell. Uh, you know what? Sun, Sunday's not too bad. Eighty-five. That's oh, it'll be a gorgeous day at the park. Yeah, I can't wait. Gorgeous day at the park. Yeah. Um, who are the Cardinals facing tomorrow? Other than the Brewers. Uh, well, you meant pitcher-wise, right? You know, it was the Brewers. yeah. Okay, let me let's let's find out. Let's look at let's take a deep dive into that. Uh, I think it is. Ooh, it's an undecided so far. It's Jack Flaherty versus undecided on ESPN. Oh, good. Uh, we love an undecided yeah. game. Well, but here's the thing: if it's a bullpen game, that's that. Yeah, again, that's good for the Cardinals in a way. But um, I think. It's it's going to be more about Jack Flaherty than the bullpen game for the Brewers. Um, what do you necessarily want to see out of out of Flaherty moving into this next start? Um, what would I like to see out of Flaherty during this start? <laughs> don't say a win because that's very obvious. I don't know. I, I I'm trying to think what. I don't know if he was. I wasn't really watching his pitches last game. Um, I think I was working whenever he was pitching. Maybe not, but I think I was at work, and I couldn't really keep an eye on it. But um, I want to say, like, I don't know, just do, keep doing what you're doing, you know, throw strikes and um, don't don't get ahead of the moment. Yeah, I, I think he, he kind of said it in his post-game comments. He was too amped up. Um, and granted, look, you're coming back from injury. I would be super amped up too. What I'm looking for is an even keeled Jack Flaherty to go out there and just throw. I need him to throw strikes early and often, keep the ball down. Don't let it get elevated. Don't let that slider hang over the plate to a left-handed batter. Um, and just, and just do your thing. Even it's for 50, 60 pitches, do your thing. Um, this is high level competition now that he's facing. Um, he sounded like his arm felt good after his outing. So that's good news moving into this. Who knows if his pitch count is elevated a little bit. 
Um, but I expect him to go out there to be able to get through four innings. Um, that would be the best case scenario. Um, obviously, well, not best case, best case is that he <laughs> cruises. Right. But I would really like for him to go at least four innings. Um, and, you know, hopefully the Cardinals can back him up and, and make it easy on him to throw strikes and let his defense work. Yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> man, you know, after Flaherty's last outing, you know, people were jumping all over his fucking ass again. And I'm just like, guys, guys, just fucking stop. It, it is like, annoying. Like there's no room for error sometimes. Like the tweet I sent you tonight. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's not hitting, so he's not doing good. This is reference an Arenado tweet. You know, just, just would people freaking knock it the fuck off? Just, just once, just once. Well, look, uh, we said it last last time. The team is winning. There's not. You should look. There is complaining to complain. There's genuine criticism. However. Neither of them are truly valid whenever you're winning ball games. And I shouldn't say they're not valid. They're just, you need to take a step back and realize the bigger picture here going on than just trying to fucking ram something down someone's throat because you don't like how somebody's playing. Mm-hmm. That's not going to work. That's not, that doesn't, it's not how the world works. Um, just because Arenado didn't hit tonight doesn't mean he wasn't valuable because guess what? If he doesn't make those plays at at, at third base tonight, key plays, Brewers, you know, yeah, exactly, key plays. Maybe the Brewers score four runs, mm-hmm. five runs. If Tommy Edmond doesn't catch any of the balls out there, do you think the Cardinals would be in this game at all? Mm-hmm. You're right. If it, it, guess what, if uh, Juan Yepes doesn't get those two singles uh, or the double or two hits off of Corbin Burns, guess what? He probably throws a no hitter. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, look, yeah. that, that's just how it is. Baseball is not always about what you do offensively. And, again, I hate to toot this horn. Yadier Molina is a perfect example of, uh, of this, but here I am, 2022, having to say that to certain fans because they cannot get it ingrained in his head or in their own heads, um, excuse me, that it's always about what, what have you done for me lately. Uh, it's, it's just, it's just it, as you say, it's insanity. It's crazy that we have to continue to go down this route. But look, the fact of the matter is, is that's how fans are. We are very finicky about certain things. Um, as I said earlier about Andrew Kisner, all the respect to him. He hasn't had a lot of playing time. I totally understand that. He still hasn't done anything with his opportunities, and yet everybody's claiming for him to be starting every single day. And I don't understand it. Well, let's go back. What is this? June twentieth. Let's go back. You know, three months to where people would say, "I'll do anything to have some baseball, get the deal done." Can I put in a request three months later just to shut the fuck up? Wow, you know our our guy Zed is going to be listening to this podcast. Yeah, he's going to be the first one out too. <laughs> He's going to be the first one up. Exactly. I do, you know what's so funny about the that? The potty mouths are back. You know what's so funny about that? Is at that point in time, I hadn't even I hadn't even shared it out yet. That's a that's a that's a that's a uh, that's a, a dedicated customer, a subscriber, if you will. That is a dedicated our, our only loyal subscriber. Thanks, the uh, we're gonna have to get him tickets to a game. 
I, I actually, we were both at one, a game at the same time. And I, I asked him where he was sitting and conveniently, he was literally the section below me. And I saw him on his phone and I told him to look up and he just casually looks up at me. I gave him a little wave. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's so funny. I mean, that. listen, if you want to be a loyal subscriber of the Turn Into Podcast, subscribe so you can get the first shows of that as soon as it drops. And maybe you could get yourself a pair of tickets to a future upcoming Cardinals game. Hey, and you know what? We did a little bit better this time around and not waiting uh, months to go to the next episode. It only took us a week. <laughs> Just a week. We're, and we're it almost didn't five. happen. It almost didn't happen. But yeah, you know, praise the Lord. You know, I'm I'm better. I'm feeling great. Yeah. Um. But uh, I'm uh, here, here. I'm just gonna end my my. Are we my ending show. now? Okay. No, I mean I, I'm I'm good with with whatever. I'm just what I'm talking about. This whole, you know fan how you want a fan movement continuing to ravage cardinals twitter one thing that i've noticed about albert pujols lately is a lot of people are going back to this well you can't hit right handers and all this other stuff and look uh, again if he was in the lineup today against corbin burns i also would have said okay that's that's not quite what we need from him right now but yeah. the fact is is look there are going to be days where he's going to play and there are going to be days where he's not going to play. And when he when he plays, just be thankful that you get to see him in a Cardinal uniform one last time. Well, they they're not because they just want to complain. They don't. That, want that's what I'm saying. They that's don't want to, They want to complain that there's no baseball. Then when we have baseball, they want to bitch and moan every damn night. That's that, and that's my point. It's like, look, I, I understand that he is not what he once was, but you should have came to that realization. A long time ago. I mean, I'm talking 10 years a long time ago. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he's he's not the same player. That's not why the Cardinals brought him. Yes, he's going to give you quality at-bats at times. And at other times, look, he struck out, what, two, three times the other day? And that's going to happen. He's at a point where it's, it's you know, it's everything is a little bit quicker for him than it used to be. He's not 21. He's not, he's not even in his prime at, at 26, 27, you know. Um, this is a different day and age that we live in with Albert Pool. So uh, it, it's, I just find it funny that fans are very quick to point out flaws in certain people, but very quiet when the people they need or want in the lineup don't do anything. Because um, I, I don't know about you, but I haven't heard a single peep about Andrew Kisner since he hasn't really been doing well. Um, I mean, on my side of the algorithm, I have. I just, dude, I, I, I just, I've, I've got no, I've got no, it's not very fair uh, when people are chirping about old players and can't come to realization that the replacement is not, it's not that he's bad. It's just, he's also not that great either. Yeah. Well, I, again, and I mean, all the respect to Andrew Kisner, all the respect to Andrew Kisner. He is a good player. And it takes a lot of talent to be a major league baseball player. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes, you know, there's a reason why Yadier Molina is going to the Hall of Fame. I'll tell you that much. Is he going to the Hall of Fame? Oh, yeah. Okay. Don't, hey, don't listen, listen, listen. Do listen, not listen. even start this conversation. No, 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 no. You listen, listen to me. You want to go down that road? 
you better not you best bring your best bullet because it's not gonna be good enough we've been on this for an hour i was just trying to spark you up a little bit before you go to bed just trying to rile you up a little bit so whenever you sit whenever you go to bed and you're just on your phone angry tweeting all night because of what i said yeah jenna's gonna have to get a cool towel for me cool rag put it on on my forehead or my neck and just let me why are you so angry well we were fucking doing the podcast we were almost done with this podcast episode and then my partner decided to spout some bullshit (laughs) god damn make sure you put a not safe for work on oh no i always put the I, i mean every episode i don't even check it i always put explicit because I know somebody's even somebody's, though, somebody's popping. Even though on. we may not even cuss, nah, you're just, you're just to protect us. <laughs> I, th- I, I I throw in at least one shit every time just so I can. That's make fair. Music. That's fair. Because if not, then you know. Anyways, should, do you have any? Huh? We should be better, better people. Well, no, we should be, but I mean, we're also very real. So this is how we that, are. and I mean, we're on probably the uh, the lowest tier of entertainment. But if we stop cussing then we get even lower and we got to keep our one subscriber yes, live yes, so he yes, can be entertained yes. every morning before he goes that's to work. Right. That's right. You're right. Good point. Um, do you have any closing arguments? Oh, yes, I do actually. Yes. I, I have one thought. Okay. I know that the abs lost today, but realize that was the first time they've lost since they, they played the blues. And have they have they gone undefeated? I would have counted it as a Stanley Cup victory for the Blues for being the only team to beat the Avs in I was the playoffs this year. What'd you say? I said I was waiting for that too. I, was like, I mean, oh, I'm, 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 I'm serious. I mean, that's they're just a good team. Like, they're, I'm not going to take anything away from it. They are a really, really good team, and it would have taken a really special effort from the Blues to beat them in seven games. Um, you know, a lot of what if with Jordan Bennington, and I'm going to hang my hat on that. I don't give a shit what any Avalanche fan says. I am hanging my hat on that. With that being said, they're a really good hockey team. And, uh, you know, if they win the cup, I'm not going to be surprised. I, I always said that whoever was going to win between the Blues and the Avalanche was going to go on to win the uh, I almost said World Cup, <laughs> the Stanley Cup. So I felt that way. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to be that drastic, but uh, I don't know. I think Lightning still have a little bit left in them. I mean, we'll see how it ends. Yeah, uh, I mean, look, this, this step in the right direction. You win a pretty, pretty convincingly six to two. I mean, you got to win one to win four. So that's right. Uh, wow, that was very philosophical of you. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Can you do that uh, for the Cardinals then? Um, got to win one to win the division. <laughs> I <laughs> gotta win one to win the World Series. There we go. Just pushing them out tonight. Mm, hard hitters. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, we're gonna close up shop tonight, folks. If if you love this podcast, which Thank I know you. three three and a half people do, then you can follow us on or subscribe on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. Uh, follow the Twitter Twitter handle at Turning the Number Two podcast other than that you know we'll look to clean up this series with uh, milwaukee and um continue striving in the right direction other than that tito you're sending it off how about them cardinals Woo. <laughs>